Hey, are you a podcaster or audio professional? Are you interested in creating audio content? Then come to Afros and Audio's Virtual Podcast Festival. The second annual Afros and Audio Festival takes place the weekend of November 14th and 15th. Throughout the weekend, they'll acknowledge current podcaster contributions and successes, identify funding and resources for podcast development and sustainability, develop strategies for leadership positioning, monetization, and career opportunities, as well as evaluate industry trends, predictions, and opportunities affecting Black podcast creators and audio professionals. At Afros and Audio's Virtual Festival, you can expect an immersive and enjoyable virtual experience aimed at sustaining and increasing active podcasts by Black creators and professionals. Listeners of Tea with Queen and Jay podcast will receive 25% off of their Afros and Audio tickets using code AFAUTQJ20. That's AFAUTQJ20. To secure your spot, visit afrosandaudio.com backslash RSVP and follow them on Instagram at Afros and Audio. Once again, to secure your spot, visit afrosandaudio.com backslash RSVP and follow them on Instagram at Afros and Audio. We'll see you there. This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we've been in COVID-19 quarantino for eight whole months. How are we doing and how are y'all doing? Then what do you do when your job wants to be cheap about racial bias training and is privilege fucking with your friendships? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. Hey. Hey, hey. How are you doing? I am doing great. The Mercury is in Renaissance, so um this mm-hmm. this week was an emotional one for me. Okay. okay. Uh, communication okay. is off. I think that happens when the retrograde is in box sprays or whatever. Mm. But yeah, I've I've been holding on. I've been holding on, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How have Good. you been? How have you been? I have been fine. In my affirmations last week, I mentioned that my apartment was clean and organized oh. as an affirmation. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't intend for that to mean that I would have to clean and organize my apartment and this what, week. And what had happened? And, here, and I'm, now I have to clean and organize my apartment. <laughs> Things are happening to where it's like, oh, you have to clean and organize before that shit. So, so that's what I've been doing in a panic. Cleaning and organizing <laughs> in a fucking panic. Um, oh, so, yeah, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, that's good. That's good. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast. Podcast. You can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use that on all of the social medias. We also like when you use the hashtag pod in, and that allows other folks on that hashtag find Tea with Queen and J. Social media, follow us there. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Tea with QJ. And we are also on Tumblr and Facebook. Just search for Tea with Queen and J there. We love when you send us T-mail. Send us T-mail at TeaWithQueenAndJ at gmail.com. That is where you can send us questions, comments, concerns, silly things, serious things. We love when you send us T-mail. So do that. 
Every week, we pour libations for the people, places, and things giving us black ass, black joy. Yo, this week, we had a hell of a time finding Ooh. some shit that was giving us black ass, black joy, yo. It was, it was, pre- it was difficult, but um, we found it. We found it. And we found it. It's that we're still here. We're still here. We're still here. Through all of the shenanigans, we're still here, yo. We're still here. We are still fucking we're surviving quarantino that is getting tired like we don't we don't say that that often or whatever because like why are we still in quarantine son why are we still in motherfucking quarantine but uh the reality is we are still in quarantine we are still like living in a covid reality only 10 of us are still quarantined right yeah yeah everybody else is outside 10 of us are still being careful quarantining not seeing our families and um yeah we're still here we're adapting we're learning how to live different like this is still like a a major thing that we're going through like we're not quote-unquote back to our regularly scheduled oppression yet we are at all living in a covid reality and and we just want to pour libations for the fact that we're still here. We're still doing it. Like, despite hard times, despite new challenges, despite being yeah. fucking over it, we are still fucking here. Over and it. Pat yourself on the that. motherfucking back. You're doing a great fucking you're job. Amaz- yo. You're doing you're amazing, doing, sweetie. You're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. You're doing sweetie. amazing. Do not compare yourself to those who are thriving in quarantino good for them if you are thriving in quarantino good for you whatever the case may be wherever you are at in this new reality you're doing fucking great yo so give yourself a high five give yourself a hug massage your booty like love on yourself you deserve yo that's that dirt off your shoulder all of that do Do all that. that good stuff do that yo Slibations, libations to still being here Still being here. This is the part of the show where we tell you how you can support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. But we want to remind everyone before we do that, that we are still in a very clear fight for liberation for all black lives. Even though you might not see it on your social media timeline, people are still protesting. People are still moving. Activists are still doing their things behind the scenes, in front of the scenes or wherever the fuck. So we want to make sure that we are still being supportive of those on the ground in the movement. In our show notes of every episode, I would say, what what would you say for the last few months or whatever? Yeah, since, yeah, since about June. Maybe since about June. Yeah. yeah. In our show notes, we keep a link to bailout funds, petition lists, places where you can donate your time, places where you can donate your money. There is a there are links for every state, so mm-hmm. check that out. See if there are ways that you can support. If you have not been supporting, if you want to be more active, if you want to see what's good, definitely check out that link. Once you have done that shit, once you know that you are supporting the movement, you can support us here at Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. Yeah, so Tea with Queen and Jay, we run on your support. And there are two ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. First, go to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com. Scroll down on our homepage, and there is where we have the two options. Two. 
Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can put however much you want, however many times you want. There is no commitment there. And then our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we are asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you. We are all about equal access. So $2 gives you access to everything. Um, and you can give more if you want. We like that as well. We also appreciate non-monetary support. And ways you can do that is by liking this podcast, sharing this podcast on social media, telling a friend, rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other um, app that you use. We are seeing them on all the other apps as well. Thank you for that. Use a real one. All of those are things that you can do to help Tea with Queen and Jay grow. That's right. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about podcasting, about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy, in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast. Or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your team mail at teawithqueenandj at gmail.com. We actually have donation libations this week. Queen, can you tell us who hit us on the Patreon? Oh, Patreon, we got Brianna, Anna, Chris, Ritual Self-Care Lifestyle Box, Brittany, and Brittany says, thanks for being you and sharing great content. We also got Sable. And Sable says, hi, Jay, period, and queen. My name is Sable. I am 33. My pronouns are she, her, and I am queer. I just wanted to say thank you for giving me black-ass joy and for showing me the way I do. Black girl is valid. Yes. yes. Thanks, Sable. It is valid as fuck. That's fantastic. Nobody hit us on the PayPal because y'all don't want mm, us to have snacks. Y'all don't want us to have day to day snacks. <laughs> I like just snacks. snacks. <laughs> What'd you say? I said just snacks once a month. Just when the just once just a when month. The Patreon just hit. When we that's get it. Patreon, that's when we have <laughs> snacks. Um, yeah, we like to get a PayPal donation. So um, you know, hit us on the PayPal. Um, but head on over to that PayPal. Hello. But libations to everybody who signed up for our Patreon. We appreciate you. We're actually dropping a bonus episode on the Patreon this week. We are talking about Charm City Kings. That's a film on HBO Max right now or HBO. I don't know if it's on HBO. It should be on. It's it's probably on regular HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's on HBO right now. So you can check that out and then check out our um, review this week. It's just a conversation basically about the film. So yeah, so check that out. And then we also have, if you have not listened to any of our bonus content on the Patreon, we have three other bonus episodes there that you can check back to and listen to. So thank you again to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You keep us and the podcast going. Jay, are you ready to get into this show? Let's get into the show. All right, 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 all right. What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm drinking a peppermint tea. Ooh, you know, just something so. cute, regular, you know. Mm. But like actual, like peppermint, not like the bodega tea peppermint that tastes like an actual peppermint ball. Right, right, right. One right. that tastes like you peppermint, peppermint the herb. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. There's a difference. Classy. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. What kind of tea are you drinking, Jay? I'm back on my bullshit, so I'm having jasmine green. That's my current bullshit. I have a huge okay. box of that, so that'll be that'll be my uh, oh. my tea of oh, wow. choice. All right, all right. For a good minute now. It's delicious. I love it. 
And what are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns, Jay? She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady or ladies. So please don't refer to me as such. Ladies is the don't. more common thing that people do. So yeah, like, that happens. Let's just, yeah. yeah, let's just not do yeah, it. Yeah, don't be, don't be doing that. Let's not. Let's not. And what are you affirming for yourself this week, Queen? I'm affirming that I am a bad bitch. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I will be not. Mm-mm. I affirm that I am yes. self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I am well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. Poppin'. My body and mind are healthy. And that I will forever and always stunt on these hoes. And we all know that holds is white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Mm-hmm. Stunt on that shit. I will say yes only to activities that are healthy for my mind, body, and emotional well-being. I will courageously protect my happiness. I'll affirm a continued safe and healthy reopening of New York City. And I extend that to cities around the world, cities and towns around the world. I also affirm, okay, I affirm that in this year of 2020, that it could still be fruitful. No, not can. It will still be fruitful. It will still be abundant. Abundles are still being extended to everyone who listens to Tea with Queen and J podcast. Mm-hmm. You will still be abundant. 2020 is not the worst year of your life. Okay. Facts. It's not. All right. All right. So what are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I affirm. Also, I do want to say. I want to affirm, I want to piggyback on your affirmation and say that the worst year of your life is behind you. I want to yes. affirm that, yo. It's back there. Yeah, let's affirm that. The worst years of our life are behind us. I affirm a long life full of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment. I affirm that I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm my apartment is clean and organized. I affirm productive therapy. I affirm healthy romantic relationships and trauma-free living. And I affirm liberation and power to all the people. Ow. Boom. Word. Boom. So in talking about this podcast and talking about this episode and like how we're feeling and what we're pouring libations for and what the heck is going on right now, mm-hmm. um, we were like, yo, what what is going on right now? What, what is going fuck on? Is this? What's happening? So we What's have been on? we've continued to do this podcast throughout Quarantino. We have recorded separately since March, March, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been recording yeah. separately since March. So we're here on the Zoom looking at each other recording. Yeah. And um it's it has been at a certain point, like it's been certain points it has been easy to forget that we are living still living in this kind of quarantino situation yeah. and that this has mm-hmm. been going on for almost a year for, now. Yeah. it's a lot it's a lot like i was thinking about it yesterday like i do see jay every week Mm -hmm. but i haven't really hung out with jay in a really long time like we've seen each other in person but it's like it's just in passing it's like right like to pick up something or drop something off or whatever male related mask related we're not hugging each other Um, um yeah no we haven't hung out since the beach yep yeah so it's like different everything Mm -hmm. is just so 
different and you think you're not even think you feel like you're adapting and this and that we're changing our life we're figuring out ways to like kind of live with this but then at the same time this is like this is not what i want to do this is not how i want to live this is not how i want to like be when it comes to friends and family and like this is not the ideal way that i would want to do this so Mm -hmm. like it's still kind of like for me anyway like some agency is still not there because i can't do it the way that i would like Mm want to do this like i could be a harlem sometimes and just hit up jay like hey you home you know like yeah do you want to meet me at the hair store let's (laughs) get crab legs let's go to the i'm headed to the nail shop cool i'll be there like whatever yes yeah and i we can't do that anymore we can't do that we can't do that yo you know so Mm -hmm. it sucks but we're adjusting we're making way and we are grateful that we are able to maintain some type of like um okayness if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. you know we were still able i like that we were have been able to adapt not even just with the show we hung out on your birthday Oh, we sure did. <laughs> and that was such a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day, yo. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. No, but I think it was more true. beautiful because it was like, finally, I'm mm-hmm. outside with people that I care about. And we were all like right. being responsible and like sitting apart and mm-hmm. shit like that. Because mm-hmm. we all um, fortunate for all the people who did come to celebrate my birthday with me. They did care a lot about that. Yeah. But I think that's what made it even remember. I was like, that was like one of my best birthdays. Mm-hmm. I really also think it's because I haven't been able to be around like my chosen family right. who are my friends. Right. I haven't been able to mm-hmm. really do that. So it was just like, I mean, and that was a fucking amazing ass day. Yeah. No, that was cute. That was cute. Was okay. Really so we saw each other day. in, when did we go to the beach? July? July. Yeah. It was July. Yeah. 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 So we saw each other in July and September. Like in terms of hanging out wise, I'm hanging out, right? Yeah, I'll, we've seen each other in passing, like mm-hmm. in between or whatever. But yeah, it's just different. Yeah, and like, I don't want to. I actually thought about this when it comes to terms of like me and you, because mm-hmm. I have hung out a little bit with other friends about the same amount. We've only seen right. each other twice. About the same, I probably only seen them twice. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm. I have to make sure that because I see you every week in quotations, Virtually, right? I have to remember, like, no, like, you should still try to plan stuff with your mm-hmm. friend. Like, don't think that because you see her on this screen every week right. that, like, you have, you've done it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. I thought about that sometime last week. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, maybe I should see her. Yeah, <laughs> we should do a thing. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. so that's good. That's a good thing that's come from this conversation. <laughs> because I am over it. Okay. <laughs> I am fucking over it. I don't like to get on here of lately. I think over the, maybe the past two years, I've been more cautious. Um, Cause I've been like, I think fairly transparent over the years about my mental health journey, but I have been trying to be more cautious about the way that I share because I don't want to trigger other people. Cause I have listened mm-hmm. to other podcasts yeah. where somebody else uh-huh. was, talking about their mental health stuff or decided that they were going to try to armchair counsel somebody else's mental health stuff and Mm -hmm. it triggered my mental health stuff when i was just trying to listen to a podcast and like enjoy myself and yada yada escape and right right and i was like yo how how am i 
not only do I feel sad, but I'm actually spiraling into some sort of mental fit because of a, a conversation that somebody had on a podcast about their mental health, right? Yeah. So I've been trying to be more cautious of the way that I share my mental health stuff. So yeah, I haven't wanted to say how over it I am, but yeah, I am fucking over it. I am yeah. over it. I want to see my family. Mm-hmm. I want to hug them. I yeah. want to talk to them. I want to laugh. I want to make fun of like one of my nephew, niece people. <laughs> okay. I want to make fun the of them. I want to roast somebody in real time. I want to mm-hmm. I want to hug a child who was hugging me in the beginning. And then they're like, all right, auntie, enough. It's been four <laughs> seconds. Get off of me, please. You know? And then I'll get yeah. off in five seconds because you want to mm-hmm. respect their agency. But you got to get yes. the extra squeeze or whatever. Yeah. Auntie time. But, yeah, I am over it. I want to see my grandparents without all the, like, PPE measures, Mm -hmm. you know? I want to fucking, which I'm also, like, mad thankful that I still have grandparents at my big age. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to casually hang out with friends. I want to go out somewhere and show up for a few minutes and then disappear and say I went. You know what I'm saying? And then a left. You can't do that now, yo. Everything has to be mad intentional. So like those casual things where you were like, hey, I don't necessarily want to spend three hours with them, but I do want to see this person. Yeah, like like you can't just pass through. Can't do that no more. It's no passing Mm -hmm. through. No. I know some of y'all are like, what are we talking about? Quarantine? What do you even mean? But yeah, people are still (laughs) quarantined. They're still still living in a pandemic, yo. So I am over that. The over it, the holidays are coming. A lot of you are going to gather with your family. I'm not going to do that because, mm-hmm. no, I'm just mm-hmm. not going to do it. Gathering with my family usually means, yeah, there's too, there's too many of us. There's too many of us. I might be able to do something with, like, just my mom. Mm-hmm. Maybe we might do that, perhaps. But... Yeah, the way that we normally do holidays, like, it's a wrap for that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not happening. Um, so I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to still gather with that. my family, but we're okay. only doing the people that my mom gave birth to. And right. that's it. Right. Like, Your not, immediate, yeah, family. Yeah, siblings. we're not doing cousins mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. It's like, just us. And we're only doing that because we've all been taking it quarantined very seriously. Yeah. Outside of... Well, they're taking it seriously too, but I do have two sisters who are nurses, so they're like mm-hmm. in hospitals more or whatever. But the rest of us are kind of just like in the house and privileged enough to either work from home or um, I don't know how my brother, I don't know, my brother just got money for some reason, but he's been right. okay. So like we've been I've able to just be in the house. I know why he has money. <laughs> some people just have money, yo. You could look at him and be like, that, that man has money. Yeah, capitalism has done him well. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. He has all the tools to survive outside of whiteness. Your brother has all the tools to survive in a capitalist society. Okay. Yeah, he does. Um, which He's is why we though. argue all the time about capitalism because it's been working. Queen's for him. brother is. Um, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hot. He's not good looking. He's fucking hot. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. Oh gosh, it's creepy, but she's 
sorry. It's funny to me because as a demisexual, I am very rarely in the street. Like, ooh, who's I know, that? And you don't just. And I was coming off the train a few years ago. I was like, yo, who is that? I was like, wait, why does he look familiar? Okay, it was very clearly Queen's brother. Um, <laughs> he's hot. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, awkward. Um, but um, yeah. So like, we are all. Um, we feel like we are. They did get. I didn't go, but we did get together for my mom's birthday recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one was harmed. I was scared to go because we we right. are we be turning up. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. But so it was, I guess that was a trial run. Good. Well, that's that good. Color. That's good. Yeah. Libations to everybody, and cheers to everybody who's able to celebrate the holidays or whatever time they can mm-hmm. with their families and to everybody yeah. who has been able to maintain safety and still do that. Um, cheers to you. If you are going to do that, please take inventory and make sure that everybody yeah. has been being That's what we're doing. as safe as possible. Yeah. Like you don't know, like when I think about my cousins and stuff, like I trust them. I don't trust whoever they trust. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like whoever yeah. who your, your their partners are, whatever. I don't know them. I don't, I can't, yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. playing that no. game or whatever. Nah, I'm that's, not doing that's it. real. Mm-hmm. That's real. So, yeah. So everybody, um, if you have been able to stay, hang out with family, try and be safe. If you are solo and you are also over it, what are you doing to like keep yourself as grounded as possible in these really hard times right so we Mm -hmm. are absolutely fucking over it and we really had to think about okay we're we're still here we're still here we are still okay yeah we are holding up as people would say some are thriving we are holding up i'm holding up we're holding up yeah so we we really had to think about okay what have we been doing to stay grounded keep ourselves together as we continue to quarantine yo so what have you been doing yo what's holding you down what's keeping you together at this at this stage at this current at this stage so now i go for walks every day Mm -hmm. i had been slacked off for that but i realized one day that i live in new york and one day it'll be winter and i'm not going to really want to go outside Mm. so let me get as much outside as i can right so I started taking walks every day, which actually has been really good and makes me feel good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, I feel like I, this makes me happy. I guess it's, you know, you need the vitamin D from the sun and shit right. like that. And one day I was walking and my partner called me and I told him where I was. And he's like, oh, you right by Gateway Mall. There's a mall near me. He's like, mm-hmm. you might as well just go to the mall and i was like oh shit so now i realize that i can walk to the mall from my house it is like a 25 minute walk Mm -hmm. 25 30 minute walk but that could be my walk like instead of when i need to go to target instead of getting an uber i can get Mm -hmm. my walk go Mm -hmm. to target do that shit and maybe take an uber back or something but i didn't realize that it was like that close but not far if that makes any sense do this now i know how i know i'm never close enough to target to to walk i don't feel like mm-hmm. but maybe i am it's one on 113th yeah oh 117th oh that's a little closer no nah, it's 40 minutes i'm over it never mind oh that's long that's yeah. long um but i but you can walk half of it and then right. i don't know right but so that's what i'm trying to do with my walks because where i live is not really a visually appealing place for walks like i'm not seeing birds and trees mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whatever i'm just seeing niggas right <laughs> so <laughs> which would be delightful if the background scenery was cute but it's not 
Yeah, and then if the street harassment wasn't happening, right? Because I feel like there's more men outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like more women are like inside and like doing this, and men. But I'm right. saying niggas right now. I'm talking about men, people. <laughs> They're just out there. Um, so now what I'm doing when I do do certain errands, I do like look at the distance of where it is. So maybe I'll walk some of it and then get in a car or yeah. then get on a train and stuff like that. So I can like put that in my day to day in that way. Cause I'm not just a get up and walking ass bitch. Like I'm not. So mm-hmm. that's something that I've been doing and it's been helpful and I've been getting my steps. So that's been cool. Of course, my roller skating. I still roller skate. I try to roller skate at least three times a week. I just go to the park right across the street from my house. I try to do that in the morning, though, because there's a basketball court right by where I be skating. And then there be niggas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they be talking to me. And I'm not talking back. But you're still talking to me. Play your game, yo. But anyway, so I've been doing that. And that's been cool. Another thing change that's happening in my life is and i affirmed that i was going to find a space when i was going to live alone Mm -hmm. and what happened is that my roommate is actually moving back west perfect so now i have the whole apartment and i mean we'll miss you homegirl but (laughs) i mean it's it's perfect that you will have your own apartment yeah and i don't have to move in a pandemic Mm mm-hmm I don't have to look for an apartment in the pandemic. So it worked out in ways where I am able to, I did want my own apartment. So Mm -hmm. now I have my own apartment, but I didn't have to do the other things that made me nervous Mm -hmm. about the risk Mm -hmm. as far as, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for an apartment. So I'm glad it worked out that way. And I'm able to do something that I love to do because I love to like decorate and organize and shit like that. So I'm doing a lot of that. I actually have like a little floor plan of like stuff. I can't really draw, so it don't look cute. It looks like. You can do a digital one. For real? Yeah, I don't know how. I'm trying to not be in front of my computer if I don't have to be there. Oh, okay. Too much screens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, everything's a fucking screen. Mm -hmm. But I did a little doodle. My apartment's going to, like, pop in. It does annoy me that I can't really have people over to, like, look at it. (laughs) It is mad cute, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited because the apartment that I live in is kind of, it's like old school New York size where Mm -hmm. you understand that families exist. So the rooms are big. And, like, mm-hmm. you understand that people live here, not whatever the fuck they're building now, these fucking closet of a- yeah. apartments that you yeah. gentrifiers are taking. So they're saying, oh, this is how we're going to keep building. Mm-hmm. So I do like that I'm also in a space that understands that I'm a, an adult. <laughs> you're an adult. You're a person. You I'm deserve a person. to be able to uh, stretch. Spread my legs out. <laughs> spread your legs out. Right. Mm-hmm. I deserve a closet in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck New York has done that is not the new york me and jay knew that is not the new york we grew up with it's not it's not we grew up in apartments where you could and there were always apartments that were small but we grew up in apartments where you could have a family of five live yes you know what i'm saying we used to we used to we wasn't supposed to but i could actually run around in my apartment when Mm -hmm. i was a kid Mm -hmm. we had two bathrooms soccer in the living room again we're not supposed to wasn't supposed to do that two two yes still apartment size folks but we found a way to play soccer in the living room and break things (laughs) all right we found a way found a way Okay, you yeah. were you ever live in places where you can hear your neighbor fart? Okay, right. I can hear my neighbor fart. I cannot play soccer in my living room, which is a disappointment <laughs> to both me and my dog. And yeah, oh gosh, Old I just pictured you playing soccer. That's funny. Oh but, my gosh, I'm like, yeah. why would you do that? Like a for real soccer ball, a street soccer ball, yo. Anyway, anyway, y'all so Caribbean. 
He <laughs> <laughs> was not playing soccer in my house. <laughs> oh gosh, you broke a mirror. Okay. So yeah, those, those are some of the things that I've been getting into and doing that have been kind it. of making me it. feel good. Um, I've been having sex. I almost didn't have a sex partner anymore, but we patched that up. So I'm grateful for that. All right. All right. Yes. Yeah. Preserve the cuffing season. Yeah. I'm like, nigga, we got to keep this going until at least spring because mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. pandemic and I need some cuddles. That's fair. And I can't be auditioning other cuddle buddies. So no, that's annoying. We're going to talk this out. But um, yeah, so that's some of the things I've been doing. I like doing. it. That's great. How about you? I you am... Doing? Not as much of a doing all of those things kind of person. <laughs> so I have been watching things. I've been, mm. yeah. So I've been really just finding things to binge, finding things that'll make me laugh, really light stuff. I put on my Instagram stories, like, what are y'all watching? What keeps you feeling good? What keeps you feeling like, like sane? And like, what's, what's warm and cuddly TV for you in your world or whatever. So people yeah. sent me a bunch of suggestions. So I ended up watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which Ooh. is a musical. And it just, when it first came out, it didn't look like something I would be interested in. Yeah. The title didn't sell me. The protagonist was a little white woman. And I'm trying to think of other shows starring where the protagonist was a little white woman that I watched and I wanted, I loved so much and I can't really think of one. Can you? Can possible? No, that's the cartoon. What's the okay. other one on Netflix? I don't want to do this with you anymore. Cause what, no. what are you, what's happening? No, the <laughs> one that possible? was on Netflix. I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, you know, you know, I have a hard time remembering like names of things associated with whiteness. Okay. That show that was on Netflix and um, Titus was on it. Oh, that was cute. That was cute. Maybe that was that. No, that was. Um, yeah. Isn't that the incredible Kimmy Schmidt? No, that was cute. That was cute and funny and quirky. I enjoyed that, too. That's a good one, too. OK. Not Kim Possible. Yeah, yeah. It was not Kim Possible. I know. I was like, why did that come out of my mouth? <laughs> I was like, we're introducing cartoons into the equation. Let's not play. Let's say we did. And I didn't not. even watch. I didn't even watch Kill Possible. So, so yeah. So I've been watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and it is fucking adorable. I finished it. it. Is. It's adorable. Jay put me on. The it's relationships good. are adorable. It's warm and fuzzy. It's it's diverse in a way that I'm comfortable with. It's like mm-hmm. it's so cute. It's so cute. cute. And then I find it ridiculous, but in a cute way. Right. Like, not in like a what is this? Yeah, <laughs> like it's like yes, cute. Like the ridiculous, the ridiculousness still has a purpose in right. the story right. line. Yeah, the main like white it. guy character, I want to strangle him, but they. What what season are you up to? I am. I'm just started season two. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's cool. He is detestable to me but i think that there's a self-awareness in the show of like the kind of person that he is and like what his problem is and Mm -hmm. i appreciate that so Mm -hmm. so i like that shit so check out crazy ex-girlfriend if you need something to watch i just finished schitt's creek which is also another show about white people that's light and funny and like Mm -hmm. i like basic stuff and there is, when it comes to white people on TV, I like watching white people in trouble in reality TV. Oh. 
In my oh, reality yeah. TV, I like to watch white people in trouble, which is a part of why I like Jersey Shore, even though they weren't like in trouble. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I didn't watch that. Look uh-huh. at this yeah. mess. These white people are a mess. I like that. I like shows <laughs> like that. Or just light stuff. Unfortunately, in TV, it's not enough shows about people of color where we just like being light and doing nothing and nothing. There's not going to be any trauma. And like, yeah. we just like mm-hmm. are good. But Shit's Creek is really cute. It is not particularly diverse, but it doesn't feel like it's not diverse, like in a harmful way. Like they're in, they're living in this little town. Mm -hmm. The part of the story is that they're in this little town. There are a few characters of color, but I don't feel like we need to be all up in there because I wouldn't want to live in that little town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not like they're in New York City. Yeah. Not like Friends, but they were like dead ass in a city with mad different right. kind of people. And they yes. were just like, nope, we're just going to have the white. Exactly. It. It's not offensive yeah. and obnoxious mm-hmm. in that way. So it took me, yeah. when I first started watching it, I was like, I can't with these like rich people. They're basically rich and they end up moving to this small town or whatever. Uh huh. I don't know where I was at in my, my mental when I first started watching it. So the first three episodes, I was like, okay, I'm over this. And then when I started watching it again recently, I was like, oh, this is actually like a funny show. So maybe you uh-huh. have to get through the first three episodes to enjoy it or maybe i had just got out of jail from protesting and i was over it i don't know i don't <laughs> yeah, know what was no. happening when i first watched that it. Be it yeah could've it could be it. anything i really don't yep. know so check that out Shit's creek was cool i watched hoop dreams which is a throwback documentary from like 1994 i feel like mm-hmm. they started shooting in like 91 or something like that but anyway it's a throwback Mm -hmm. documentary about these two kids in chicago Mm -hmm. in high school who were like on on track to be um professional ball players so because it is about two young black kids in chicago in the 90s there's an element of it to me that is sad you know what i'm saying because it's back Uh then you know that like not all these people are still alive. You know bad things happen to some of these people. You know they yeah. dealt with hardships. You know one of the the big bad in this documentary is the fucking system. You know what I'm saying? Like we shouldn't yeah. have to, as black people, rely on these things that will help put us on par with our white counterparts, right? We shouldn't have to rely on getting scholarships. We shouldn't have to rely on being drafted into the NBA or becoming an artist. We shouldn't have to do these exceptional things. Right, right, right. In order to to take care of our family and get access and Mm -hmm. things like that. So in that way, it is sad. But it is still an interesting documentary. It is still mm-hmm. worth the watch if you like watching shit that happened in the, in the 90s. It is still a window into throwback Chicago. Most of those places don't even exist anymore. It is. Yeah. Um, it is I, you know, I do all my Googles or whatever. So I looked yes, up everybody and their whole family and how they're doing. So the two main <laughs> characters in the documentary they're fine oh God. just so you, you know going a research in. producer like, <laughs> you, you... <laughs> i can't i can't help it yo i can't help <sighs> it i would have there's other like documentaries and and content surrounding this mm-hmm. but not all of it is available so I, that's the only reason why i haven't watched every single thing related to this i watched several youtube <laughs> interviews but i couldn't find oh like it's another it's a spin-off here and a spin-off there but they're oh not all gosh. available you so you are such fine. a producer i love it i can't help myself 
So going in, knowing that the two kids turned out okay in life, mm-hmm. that okay. that is helpful. So they're okay. Okay. All right. So when you okay. go in, because you're going to gonna fall in love with them, your heart is going to fucking bleed. Uh, <laughs> but it, if you haven't seen it, watch it. I had never seen it. I heard about it as somebody growing up in the 90s, but I had never Where did you watch it? it? I watched it. Oh, I watched it on one of those subscriptions I have through Amazon Prime that I was supposed to cancel. <laughs> yeah. So I watched it through Amazon Prime, but I think I have a subscription to like, you know, one of their little channels. That's yeah. That's get you. Mm-hmm. One of their little channels. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck it was. But anyway, look up Hoop Dreams. You could probably find it somewhere. Yeah. The kids are okay. That's all. That's, that's good. That's, that's a good That's part. kind of all that matters. And I watched... And I don't watch a lot of documentaries because of that stress. I'd be like, are they yeah, okay? It'd be, it be real. It'd be real. <laughs> it'd be real. That was like, I had to Google. I was like, are, okay, are they okay? Because I don't know. I need to know what's going to happen before I like finish this. But anyway, they're okay. And then yeah. we both watched Charm City Kings. City That's Kings, currently yes. on HBO, like we mentioned. And that was produced by Will Smith's production company. Mm-hmm. Meek Mill is in it. That kid who's a good actor, whose name I forgot. I think his last name is Diallo or something like that, but I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. really good actor. It's cute. Yeah, yes. It's good. It. We have feelings about it. We'll talk in a bonus episode yeah. on Patreon. But I think that it's it's worth the watch. And I feel like while there is some black trauma in it, it's not trauma porn and i think there's a good i think there's a good balance of like a little bit of like like levity in terms of like our relationships with one another as black people and Mm -hmm. the shit that we deal with because slavery you know what i'm saying i think there's a good balance so while it's not like completely light and things do happen i don't think it's like trauma porn and i don't think that the trauma is um like they're not dragging you through it yeah would you say and it's not and it's not pointless like right it, so a lot of trauma porn just pops up in the story and it's like what why yeah <laughs> yeah why this mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so that's worth the that. watch so that's worth the watch so that's charm city kings on hbo so yeah so i have been when i'm not working or when i am not um walking hennessy or being just over this whole quarantino i have been just watching light stuff for the most mm-hmm. part on mm-hmm. my tvs so mm-hmm. that's what we've been doing we did just kind of want to check in because we we are still in quarantino and if you yes. are still fe- I, like i have not been able to all the zoom things the like zoom meetings and panels and ig lives and like i know afropunk had a really amazing online yeah, situation like i couldn't even mm-hmm. really get into it it was well done and everything but i haven't yeah. been i feel really busy in terms of like work stuff but like i haven't been able to translate the things that I enjoyed about my life pre-quarantino into quarantino. Like I liked I liked being at Afropunk. I liked seeing yeah. everybody. I liked like running into people that I know and hadn't seen in a long time. I liked mm-hmm. meeting people who we hadn't met before. Like last year yeah. we met people who like are familiar with us from the UK, like people who we had never met. Like that yeah, I enjoy yeah. going mm-hmm. to Afropunk like because of that. And a lot of these virtual experiences for me, like, I, it's hard for me to 
it's hard for me to tap in. And when it comes to like, even as people who create content, there's this feeling of like, are we doing enough? Should we be doing, should we be hosting a fucking virtual panel? Should we, should we be creating, which I think we might still, should we be creating some sort of like virtual pot and live experience? Like, am I hustling enough virtually? Am I, and we're not, we're not like grind culture, LLC, Twitter. Like we're not like those people, but there is this feeling Mm -hmm. as this being our new reality of being indoors. For me, there has been this feeling of, am I doing enough? work-wise content-wise during this quarantino in this virtual new reality that we're in and a part of the reason why i have that feeling is because i know i don't feel like it i know i don't have the energy for it or the interest really in doing that because i just want to go outside and hug people son i'm Mm -hmm. like it was cute in the beginning Mm -hmm. and now i'm kind of like I'm over it, son. My thing with that, because I don't, I feel like we are doing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I kind of wish people would deal with the reality that we are in a pandemic and whatever yeah. you do is enough. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't get why people think that now you have to like raise the bar and do mm-hmm. the, like, because you're sitting in your house does not mean you're in a better space. Doesn't mean you're better mentally. Doesn't mean you're better physically. Doesn't mean that you have better acts like it doesn't mean any mm-hmm. of that and i don't get why that has seeped in people's brains yeah. in that way like why would why would you not you do a podcast every fucking week right. you produce a podcast right. edit a podcast like every fucking week why mm-hmm. would that not be enough yeah. that's more I, than so enough the, the thing i i do agree with you that it is enough and a part of my feelings is like, I feel like we are not all on the same page that we're going through a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like it's enough. And I don't feel like doing all of those things. But mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like, am I being seen? Because you know I'm a workaholic. Am I being seen? And and a part of being a workaholic, which is problematic, is putting a value on work in this way in this like mm-hmm. way that's not always healthy and not always necessarily productive or or you know qualitatively valuable per se right um am i being seen as not a hard worker you know what i'm saying because who's I'm looking not, at you you know who, what i mean the people like, who look at me the people who judge me the people who are thinking about me all the time i know the ones and, in my head and they I'm don't exist that's right what yeah, i'm yeah, saying yeah. and then we've already we have a podcast we already had content that people can access without being in person mm-hmm. so like i could see if we were a festival or a people who did live events or whatever ever and we had to think about these ways to adjust we already were in the future because we had a podcast we right. already we're doing a medium you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like continuing a podcast is that like yeah. we're already doing that like there's nothing different we have to do because we already created digital content anyway mm-hmm. that was accessible anyway in those ways um not fully accessible because we don't transcript but you, you get what i'm saying like we were already yep. on mm-hmm. track for that mm-hmm. so like 
I, I, a lot of the people who are pushing to do the virtual stuff, are, I think people who concentrated on in-person stuff. Right. So they have to do that shift. They have to do that. We don't really have to do mm-hmm. any of that because we are podcasters and the medium of which we use to reach people has been yeah. digital. So I'm just saying that to like kind of ease that. Like to me, yeah. the people who are like shuffling in that way were people who depended on the in-person interaction. And mm-hmm. we were... We were somehow blessed to prick a medium in a way to do this that was already digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there shouldn't, right. I, I would hope that there wouldn't be more added pressure. We mm-hmm. already, we already are mm-hmm. doing something in a way that we reach people digitally before. So I don't think it should be any pressure to, I'm not saying that you have this, but mm-hmm. that there shouldn't be an assistant on pressure to good, you know, catch yeah. up with the times and and you know since right, everyone's moving right. in this yeah, direction no, like we, right, we've been yeah, moving yeah, in yeah. that direction we've been no, moving in true. that direction that's true i don't feel like that and i feel like the things that we wanted to do anyway and that we needed to pivot like i really loved um our virtual juneteenth celebration and yeah like, that the was things dope. that we have done virtually and i think that we've been really intentional about when we want to do something virtual mm-hmm. outside of our podcast i think that we've been really good about that it's just like yeah as a workaholic I have been thinking because I don't even things that I love to do right outside of quarantino when they're presented to me in a virtual fashion I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm busy I'm supposed to stop everything I'm doing to watch this fucking <laughs> virtual thing like I'm busy being in my apartment cleaning something pretending I'm about to clean something working on the podcast working on whatever work other work that I have to do yeah cuddling with my dog like when do i have time to do all of these virtual things and i guess i'm thinking yeah i guess part of me has been thinking like is it me it's that feeling like is it me like is nobody else Mm -hmm. like over this like i don't know i'm you're definitely not alone in that Mm -hmm. i am over it Mm -hmm. um and i'm not even a person who I like staying in the house, but I am over it and I am over this. And you know what? um, Keep going. Sorry. I have a revelation that I just came to. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I don't really think. Yeah, I think a part of processing this virtual shit is that it's virtual is the new outside, except for people who are still going outside. But virtual is the (laughs) new outside. And everybody had outside events. Everybody had different outside things happening at all different times and that was okay and like you could everyone can be doing more than one thing at one time i guess it just feels like so much more is happening because with virtual stuff we all from anywhere everyone has the option to go now right so before when i would see something it would be like oh i don't even live in that state so that's that's not even relevant to me or whatever or oh i'm not going to that side of manhattan to do that whatever the case and now it's like there's there's this larger feeling or more intense feeling of FOMO or not doing enough or not engaging enough or like not okay. being supportive of like your people enough. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. now I actually physically could turn on my computer and it sounds it seems like this thing that should be so simple. But for me, mm-hmm. it feels like a really big deal to decide like whenever I decide I am going to engage in this virtual thing, that is a big deal to me. That is just uh-huh. as like big as like taking a shower to get ready to leave my house to go somewhere it's a commitment of my time and my time is really valuable and i don't want to be on every single call meeting 
mm-hmm. video. I don't, and I don't, I don't work a nine to five. So real talk at this moment, I'm, I mean, I'm about to start doing some other unpaid thing, but whatever. But I'm not always on video. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. have Zoom fatigue for, per se, but I do have general ass fatigue and I don't want to be doing all the things. And I'm yeah. partially okay with that, but also I do partially have some like, am I am I doing enough? Am I being enough? But we affirm every week that like we are enough. So I guess I just have to yeah. remind myself that I'm enough. And, like, Lean into that okay. affirmation, yo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're doing enough. And ain't nobody mm-hmm. looking at you. <laughs> You're right. Nobody, Ain't nobody looking nobody at you. Looking at Nobody's you. looking at you. No one's mm-hmm. like, what does Jay do? Like, no right. one's looking at you. No one's measuring you. No That's one's always the case. That. Only Jay's doing that. I know you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yo. You're doing that. Yeah. You're right. My inner my inner parents, you know, we all have our parents living in our souls. Mm-hmm. My inner <laughs> parent is like, you're not even working right now. <laughs> My inner, my inner worker. What happened? Your inner period. Your inner parent is definitely Caribbean, (laughs) and thinks all of your leisure makes no sense. You're not even working right now. You're not even working right now, yo. What are you doing today? Are you working though? You're not even working. What is this? You're not even working right now. This isn't work. Working. I do be working, yo. Yeah. Yikes. Be right. easy on yourself, yo. Yeah, be easy. You're right. Easy you're right. You're right. Yourself. I'm gonna be easy. Let's all be easy. Let's all let's all be easy on ourselves, yo. Where? I'm doing yes. it in practice, but I feel I feel guilty about it. I do feel it's a, a process. Bit, it's yes, not gonna overnight yes. just be like, woo. Yeah, like, it's a process. Like I feel you like I'm like being... unlearn some shit and then yes, yeah, it's a process. Right. Like I feel it like happens. I'm being okay with on myself, and I feel like I'm being I'm treating myself like okay. But I also feel mm-hmm. guilt about the being easy on myself, taking, you know, moving with intention and like yeah. all that shit. Like I do feel like you're not even working right now. Not even working like that. That's all I be feeling. What is work? But yeah, no, you're right. What the fuck is work? What is work? That part. That part. <laughs> Well, we hope y'all are okay. Tell us how you're holding up at this stage of quarantine. Tell us what you're doing to stay grounded. Tell us tell us what you're doing to survive. And it can be very basic. You don't have to be doing. You don't have to be working. You don't have to be grinding, hustling. You don't have to be yeah. thriving. And if you are, that's fantastic. Don't feel guilty about thriving either. But Yeah, don't. don't yeah, but it's okay that. to like just be okay right now. You don't have to be producing and doing so much to be you are still valuable Mm -hmm. regardless of what you produce it is white supremacist patriarchal capitalism that makes you think you are not valuable unless you produce something Mm -hmm. like especially being a black person our sole reason of being brought here was to produce and if you attach your production to your value then you're always going to feel like you lost Mm -hmm. you're always going to feel like that so just separate them fucking things fuck that shit you are still valuable even while sitting on your couch scratching your ass. Mm-hmm. You're valuable. All right. Let's take a break. Yes, let's take a break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. <laughs> Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like. Giving black women year. your money. Yes. So Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they? give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week, week. 
sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvthqueenandj.com hit that donate tab and we have two options there so you two can, two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes and we're black all the time we wanted to take a minute to introduce you to this week's sponsor good neighbor good neighbor is with you every step of the way to support your mental health and well-being needs from online therapy and psychiatry to in-person community-based counseling service, Good Neighbor meets you and your family where you are to support your goals. Based in Virginia, Good Neighbor also provides supportive interventions in the home through their intensive in-home counseling service. This is a holistic and systematic approach with people in their homes and in their communities. If you or your family members are struggling with feelings of stress, anxiety, depression, or just cannot seem to be the person you know yourself to be, Good Neighbor can help. To learn more about Good Neighbor and how they can be there for you, visit them online at goodneighbor.care or call 855-355-7001. Again, to learn more about Good Neighbor and how they can be there for you, visit them online at goodneighbor.care or call 855-355-7001. All right, 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 all right. So we love talking about being black at work. Because mm-hmm. we want to liberate motherfuckers uh, really from work. Like, who wants to even do that? We just talked about We how. just talked about it. Just, and, like, it's not even, like, good for you all like that. It's like, not, unless you really it's like really that. not. Most but we know toxic. that work is a reality for a lot of us. And mm-hmm. so we answer a lot of questions about being black at work. So we got a T-mail. I'm going to leave this one anonymous because they give details about working and we don't want to bring any heat. We still want them to, yeah, we still want them to have an income. So, facts. Yeah. Facts, facts. So they say, so I'm 27 with a bachelor's in English and working on a master's. I've done like three internships in undergrad, but still have trouble finding work writing in New Orleans. I don't want to be a damn. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> I don't want to be a damn teacher. Fuck them kids. After I got paid, after I got laid off from my full-time job as a receptionist, I kept working part-time and decided to do another internship. I found one that was paid and I could work remotely while still working and doing school. The company seems like the cool, hippy-dippy environment they show you on TV where the main character is a writer and she can bring her dog to work. It doesn't pay a ton, which sucks. I'm 27 and nowhere near where my peers are still having to take an internship but i said what the heck right 
I'm not trying to compare my life to others, so I'm dealing. Anyway, I start next week and I get this package from the company in the mail with introduction materials. They send me a chart of all their employees and the interns for the semester. Out of six interns, two of us are black and the others are white. Out of 18 employees, only one staff member is black. The others are pretty white or close enough. There's one TV Italian Latinx woman and two light-skinned Middle Eastern women, but that's it for diversity. For New Orleans, this is pretty standard. Black people, black people work predominantly in the service industry, and I completely expected that at my new hippy-dippy internship, there would be an overwhelming number of whites. I'm bringing this up because along with the handwritten note letting me know They'd love to have me join the conversation, quote unquote. They sent a book called So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Aluo that they're reading for the company book club. One of my friends says, this is a trap. You in danger, girl. (laughs) Run. (laughs) Is this a trap? The thing is, I don't feel the need to educate white people on race. I don't keep a lot of them. I don't keep a lot of them in my personal space. And the ones I do have a pretty decent racial IQ. I've tried taking, I've tried talking to several people, acquaintances or coworkers at my part-time job, not of my own volition, but because people engage me or ask me a dumb question about my hair. And I can't stop myself from saying something about my experience as a black person and have concluded that many white people just don't give a fuck. They're comfortable and it's bothersome to go back and forth than to have to answer their demeaning questions. I try not to engage because I feel myself boiling. I have to deal with microaggressions every goddamn day. So why do I have to go into this new environment and now be tasked with the burden of educating these white people who I might not ever see again after I'm done with this internship? I'm probably overthinking this, but I thought about what if the one black chick at the company is the one who wrote the note? I don't want to leave homegirl hanging, but I think I have to. What do y'all think of companies trying to do things like this? If this is a situation where white people genuinely wanted to learn about the black experience, is it a bad thing that they're reaching out to black people, they say POC, to lead the conversation? Have you watched Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man where homeboy sits there and answers all the dumb shit white people ask and corrects them in a pacifying way? I just feel like if you want to do that work, more power to you, but that's not for me. White people need to educate their damn selves and stop relying on black people to do it. I don't think me as an intern should have to bear that burden, but I can't say I turned down a full-time job. If they need to diversify their staff, which they do, am I a sellout for taking the job? Then do I have a responsibility to have these race conversations with white people? Is this really a trap? Like my friend said, totally aware that I'm overthinking this, but yo, that's what I do. Thanks for reading this long ass email anonymous. Okay. Anonymous. First of all, congratulations on your internship. Yeah. Um, Being 27 and having an internship is a luxury that a lot of people don't have there are a lot of people who are t- i know you said that like you're nowhere near where your peers are but there are a lot of people at 27 who can't take an internship because they can't afford to yeah um not be working a paid job I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you're living in luxury but i'm saying that like like all of society is not a reflection. All of black society is not a reflection necessarily of like our peers or our peers is not a reflection of all black society. So like while yeah. for you and your peer group, you might feel like you're quote unquote, like behind, like 
None of this shit matters. Time doesn't matter. Your age doesn't matter. Where you work nope. doesn't matter. What you make doesn't nope. matter. If this internship is an experience that you think is going to be valuable to who you are as a person in your life, I think that's fucking dope. And I'm glad that yeah, this is an opportunity that you have, yo. So cheers to that shit. Yeah. What do you think, Queen, about any number of these shenanigans? So, first of all, there's a lot of shenanigans here. Lots of shenanigans. Lots of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to speak to like whether this is a trap or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a trap because this is just regular living as a black person. Like going outside right. is a trap. Everything about our life and existence when we enter like white spaces is a trap. Mm-hmm. So like it may not be an intentional trap. Like let's trap this bitch. <laughs> right. But regardless, it's kind of a trap because you still kind of have to. Tr- you still have to consciously think about how to like navigate and maneuver. Like you can't just freely move the way you want to move. And to me, that mm-hmm. in itself is kind of a trap. Like you, you. I don't think that it sounds like you could just freely be you in this space. That in itself is a, is a trap to me. You know, you, you get what I'm saying, right, right. Jay? Like, okay. mm-hmm. so I'm not sure mm-hmm. if this is an intentional trap. Let's trap this black woman. But anytime we are in spaces where white supremacy reigns supreme you're always going to feel like you're in a trap there's always some kind of like you're going to always feel conspired against you're always going to you know like all of those things are always going to kind of occur um so that's why i regardless of anything you're you're being trapped i'm not sure if this is an intentional trap if that makes any sense yeah yeah i think that's always going to kind of be over your shoulder (laughs) Yeah, white supremacy is always hovering over your shoulder. I also think that they said that they would love to have you join the conversation. So that could mean so many different things. It could be like the whole company is reading this book. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, here's the book. Like, this is what we're doing. It it could, like, it's possible that it's not as targeted to you as the new black intern as it sounded. Yeah. Like it could just be what they would say to anyone who's coming because maybe they all are reading this book, especially post this current like white awakening that has recently happened. So it Mm -hmm. could just be something that everybody's been doing and not necessarily targeted to you. So what I would say is go ahead and read the book. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Ijeoma Luo is a great writer. So go ahead and read the book. But that doesn't mean that you have to be the authority at the job the new black authority on like race like you to me join the conversation means participate at whatever level you're comfortable with that's how it sounds to me but but i think reading the book and being able to say that you at minimum oh yeah i enjoyed it or yeah i thought it was interesting at that point i think you've done your part you know what i'm saying like i think at companies it is important to show that you are interested in participating in whatever bullshit they're saying that hey everyone's doing this like do you want to participate be a team player (laughs) whatever like i think your team player shit is reading the fucking book but anything outside of that like that's not to me anything that you are responsible for having to do yeah i don't think so i think the part that sticks out most for me is just how tone deaf this workplace is like Mm. you because i think that like like you said, it just asks everyone to read the book, but not understanding that everyone in this workplace, including the uh, the black people in this workplace, probably don't need whatever is being offered in this book because you have this black right, experience. Right, right, And they are mm-hmm. not, they're not seeing color here when they need to fucking clearly see color. It is not, mm. this is not work that you have to do. You do but like, I don't, 
they offered everyone to read the book in terms of, I guess, equality or like every, you know, let's make sure we present this yeah. to everybody. But everyone does not need what is in this book. And particularly, I think yeah. the black folks there. What's yeah. that? That's, you know, so a lot of one thing that I'm noticing with this white awakening is that mm-hmm. they are thinking hugely about equality and not about equity. We want equity. Mm-hmm. That is what this, mm-hmm. all of this is, is equity right we're all not the same we're all just saying we're going to treat everyone the same does not create equity for black people in spaces and i think that's what they're doing here and that's their misstep here Mm -hmm. i don't you know you're you're also just interning so i don't think you should have to take the duty to let them know like y'all kind of fucking this up (laughs) Like yeah, no, you don't have to do that. Shit you don't either. have to do right. that. But they've mm-hmm. to me, they've already fucked up with the fact that they think that okay, because we're all doing this thing, then let's offer this mm-hmm. to everyone. And it's like, no, this seems like this needs to be something very specific to people who actually need it. One and two, you should fucking know not to put the burden on this stuff on your black employees. You hire mm-hmm. someone outside. These motherfuckers want to just fucking go to work and go home. Why would you right. then? task these black people with something else that is oppression also mm-hmm. i just want to yeah. just come to work now i gotta come to work and be black and and talk to white people about being black right. that's not this, what i'm yeah, being that's the, not what i'm being paid for that's not my the job title of the book is so you want to talk about race and i'm like do i yeah. <laughs> like at work do i want to do that do we want to talk I'm, about yeah i race? am a black person i live and exist i deal with this shit all the time do i want to come here and talk to, about talk race about race to I y'all don't think so. i don't think i want to do that you yeah. know so it's just like from the they just fuck they they're just not doing this right this place mm-hmm. that you're working at this mm-hmm. is not doing this right and they, they're still centering whiteness in this they're not even thinking yeah. about the other people in the space because i wouldn't mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to read this book i'm like why the fuck am i reading this me personally i wouldn't i want to read this book mm-hmm. why is my job telling me to read this book yeah. like y'all need to this is like to me i don't know this company but it sounds like a very cheap way for them to try to remedy this shit no yes like yes what i was because i was just fuck? thinking okay so what would be an alternative right and we know the alternative is actually to hire people to do this and to hold these conversations. Because this sounds like a book club where, okay, everybody read this book and then us who don't know how to talk about race, talk about race. we're going to sit around and talk about race. And that sounds like a bad idea when you can hire Tea with Queen and Jay or you can hire <laughs> any number of other yeah. black people out here doing the work in training organizations and companies to dismantle white supremacy within the workplace. Like you can yes. actually hire people competent who in, are outside of the company right, who don't feel right, like they're being at risk. If I work here as a black person and I'm teaching you about stuff, I'm going to not do all of the shit because I need to keep my job too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is something you contract someone for. Hire people to do this this mm-hmm. isn't hire the people to do this they are not giving you i'm talking about the black employees at this place they are not giving you extra money to educate that is a tasking yeah, job that takes a lot mm-hmm. of labor and thinking and thinking outside yourself because you're still black while teaching people why you, sh- you are a human you know like shit like that like that's not something that is that should be casual that's not something that should be tasked on an employee mm-hmm. already at the organization at the job organization or whatever like they they just not doing this right at all 
And the way that you're feeling about not participating, honestly, I feel like you're fine with that. It is just a internship. Mm-hmm. Do you are you, do you want to work? It doesn't sound like a place you should work <laughs> full time anyway, because the way that they're doing this to me is a red flag. Mm. Do they really care about dismantling shit? No, mm-hmm. they don't. They just want to read a book together. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would not participate. I'm also a person who doesn't really take work seriously. So it's easy for me to say this. I'm a person who was like at work, who was okay with being an outlier. Mm-hmm. I was a person at work who was always kind of like that so it's probably very easy for me to say this yeah. as well so i just want to add that context too that it's probably easier for me mm-hmm. to be like girl you ain't gotta do that because that is how i am in the workplace right um but this does not sound healthy to me at all yeah the question if this was a situation where white people are genuinely wanted to learn about the black experience is it a bad thing that they're reaching out to black people they said poc to lead the conversation yeah it is a bad thing Mm-hmm. it is a bad thing they should hire somebody to do that that's not your job this is labor you're not their friend yeah i would say it is a bad thing i, I think that is pretty whack and it's and it's kind of a little careless because just because you're a black person does not mean that you know of ways to dismantle mm-hmm. these systems doesn't mean that you look at these systems and you know what i mean like it's just it was just like oh they're black so they know what to do and that's right. not the case mm-hmm. at all yeah yeah. Yeah. So none of this is your, your responsibility. I will say that while there are some really great places to work, a lot of places are fucking ridiculous. Right. Yes. A lot. So this yeah, doesn't right. sound to me. This doesn't sound like some place where you need to like dip, like get your purse and like leave and like, yeah. you know, this doesn't sound like that kind of situation is really just about how do you navigate this? How do you play this game? And like, I don't. Yeah, I, I think you can read the book and not engage in a really great way to contribute. And I feel like if for some reason, like let's say this goes from just being careless to actually like being for real toxic, right? So let's mm-hmm. say that you read the book and they have some sort of fucking book club where everyone has to attend or whatever. And you say, you know, I thought it was interesting and don't, maybe you don't go into depth and somebody challenges you, like says, hey, why didn't you participate more? Why didn't you? Or why don't uh-huh. you? Or I think if it comes to that, then if you feel like it, you can say, you know, there are a lot of challenges that come with being black every day. And a part of that experience, a part of my experience as a black person existing should not be teaching my coworkers how to treat me. So I was happy to read the book. I was happy to talk to you Mm -hmm. all about it in the way that I did. That's what I was comfortable with. But I didn't feel like I should be educating people on my experience like i am a part of the subject matter of this discussion we're not exactly we're not reading a book about uh new work systems that applies to everyone equally we're not reading a book about animals or some shit that we don't know about this is my actual lived experience and this is to me that is not a comfortable conversation to have with uh my coworkers. or maybe there's another another way to phrase that last sentence but I think right. So I, th- I think at that point, if if it comes, if it moves from something that right now just sounds careless to something that turns into like toxic, like if people have the nerve to come out their face and present you with these expectations, like I yeah. you didn't talk enough or why didn't you do this that or whatever, then I think you can hit them with the oh well, that's not like for me. I participated in and I engaged in the way that I was comfortable with. You know what I'm saying? And then so, honestly, and document everything. 
document everything and honestly you're only supposed to do what's in your job description right. that ain't your job description fuck out of here mm-hmm. that is not in your job description mm-hmm. so and it sounds like a part of the way this cultural of guard it sounds like your the job i don't know what kind of company this is it sounds like it it would be different if the job was like at a company that deals with issues of race like that's what they do it sounds like you're at some some company that's unrelated to that shit and they were like sidebar we're also doing this because we don't want to be racist you know (laughs) what i'm saying like that is very clear that like hey i came here to do this thing and now we're over here doing this thing that relates to me as a black person and that yeah i'm not who even tasks an intern with something like this that oh they try all kind of shit with interns oh no yeah but congrats on your internship please send us an update let us know how it's going let us know how that went cheers mm-hmm. to you for knowing that you don't owe motherfuckers your fucking like you don't owe them an education in race all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So we're moving from the workplace to the friend space. The subject of this team mail is white friends. Dum dum dum. This person says, I've recently started listening to your podcast. Your content is helping me develop and confirm new narratives in my life that are beneficial to my mental wellness. And I'm grateful to you both. I've been ghosted romantically and a close friend slowly faded out of my life. The lack of direct communication as to what happened was painful. These experiences have made me more committed to being vulnerable, emotionally available and communicative with people in my life. However, I have been finding it difficult to be more honest and open with my white friends when they say offensive things. It's difficult because I no longer want to educate white people. I want to just walk away. As a dark-skinned brown woman of South Indian descent, born and raised in Canada, I used to spend a lot of time and energy talking to white people I was friendly with about race and social justice issues. I'm trying to stop because I felt like the crux of the conversation was me arguing that my experiences are valid and real. To be honest, I would also get an ego boost from explaining because I knew things To be honest, I would also get an ego boost from explaining because I knew things they didn't. However, ultimately, I find that the moment I engage with white people about race and gender, there is a collusion to be ignored as a woman of color because I am agreeing to listen to them talk about how they essentially don't see me. I'm going to read that again. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a collusion to be ignored as a woman of color. Because I'm agreeing to listen to them talk about how they essentially don't see me. That's deep. I have a white friend who immigrated to Canada from Eastern Europe when he was young. I enjoy talking to him about all kinds of topics, but I find that he is unwilling to acknowledge his white privilege, partly because of his experiences of poverty and violence as a child. We'll discuss the exploitive nature of capitalism, but when I claim that it especially exploits POC, i.e. women of color being paid less, black women having higher workloads, etc., he agrees but also claims that everyone suffers under the system. He recently sent me a message about how people in his country were persecuted and killed by colonialists and how being white didn't help them. Oh my gosh. 
I used to be willing to talk about this with him, but now I feel that continuing these conversations is colluding with being ignored. Like, why is a white guy telling a brown woman that white people have been exploited and persecuted as well, if not to invalidate the American racial caste system and my personal experiences within it? I talk to him, but it's taking up a lot of mental energy. How can I be both emotionally available and maintain self-preservation when engaging with white friends? Is it even possible? Thank you so much for this. We appreciate you. What's up to Canada? A. Hello, A. What's all this about? What's all about about? Do y'all get tired of that? Anyway, (laughs) Queen, what do you think about this? So this is a lot especially for me because i don't really have a lot of white friends so i don't navigate what about white friends (laughs) will they be around (laughs) always letting you down again what about white friends what about white friends (laughs) i was chilly um so (laughs) yeah so and then the few that i have are their racial iq is a little it's, it's healthier, so I don't have to do a lot of this work. I do have one white friend where every once in a while he comes out of pocket, and I just ignore him. <laughs> like yeah. I will just like not talk to him for days, mm-hmm. and then they know why I'm not talking to them for mm-hmm. days, and then we'll pick up again. Like you know, because they know that I'm I'm not doing this. You know, like whatever. Um, I'm not saying that's a healthy way to deal with that. They are I'm also not saying... your friend from high school. Yes, we've been right. friends. Yes, exactly. We've been friends since we were 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something completely different. Mm-hmm. And the newer white people in my life are people who I have been able to have healthy conversations like this about and stuff. So I I, I guess I'm being honest to say I don't really have a lot of tools mm-hmm. for that. I do think that it makes me wonder, do you have other friends? Because I feel mm-hmm. like other friends who are not white. Because I feel like for myself, and I may like I pull Jane it too, that because we had other people in our lives and other friends and other people who could relate to these things and understand these things in that way, that when those things come up, we don't feel as um of course we feel hurt with humans, but mm-hmm. we don't it's not as I think that's why I'm able to not talk to that friend for a couple right. of days and come back. Cause right. there are other people who affirm me and understand mm-hmm. and understand my existence and, and hear me mm-hmm. and see me. And I don't have to prove that I'm human too continuously. And it makes me, I'm, I, you know, you didn't put it in a letter, but I wonder if you do have other people, other POCs, other um, friends right. who you are not, battling when you have these conversations Mm -hmm. so that when you do talk to this um eastern european friend that you could just be like okay girl (laughs) you know and kind of like move on yeah and stuff like that so i i I don't know if you have other friends who are not white Mm -hmm. um but get some (laughs) yeah when i had white friends like that that were this level of ignorant I usually dealt with it in humor. So all of those friendships are gone and have ended. Yeah. Um, I do, have. The white friends that I, <laughs> that I do still have have a higher racial IQ. And even though I think that we agree on most things, if there is something like this that we don't agree on, they know I'm not doing it. So they don't even yeah, that's not bring even, it up. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, as far as I know, we're on the same page about all of this shit, right? 
Mm-hmm. But when I did have white friends that were this brand of ignorant, I used humor. I'm not saying you should do this. I think you should drop them. But I yes. used humor. And that's what kept me going because I knew I know that white people are white people. And unfortunately, if you are lucky enough to be able to invest in one that actually sees you as a person like that's that's a that's to me a rarity. Like I know yeah, people say uh-huh. they have white friends all the time. The white friends that I had that were racially ignorant to my existence like that's not good friendship like that's not. not one of those things that can be like a sideways thing like oh where they're a cool friend they just don't see who i am as a person of color that's yeah. not friendship like it's i not. actually yeah and and honestly that's a part of why and i've talked about this on the podcast like since we've been in quarantino and since the most recent uprising that like friends of mine, like pe- people of non-black people of color, friends of mine who I was close to since my teenage years, mm-hmm. who I have realized have not seen me this whole time. Like if I, if I bring it up to you and you can't handle it and you can bust like, I'm like I'm good like we don't need to do mm-hmm. this because you haven't been yeah. seeing the whole me like this whole time you thought whole I was lying time, about my yeah. black pain you didn't mm-hmm. believe me you didn't see me as a whole person like it's deeper than just we don't understand each other because race It's you are not my fucking friend because I've been telling you this shit the whole time you are yes. electing and choosing not to see me because of your internalized anti-blackness and while yep. that's understandable in the sense that we live in a system of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism let another your new black friends can benefit from what you learned from me i don't need to stick around for it you know what i'm saying i don't need to be the one that's like still your friend in all this i don't need to do it i don't know so yeah so i would say that this person you don't need to stay friends with them this sounds taxing and there's also like a level of um I don't know, white people do this, but I was going to say like toxic masculinity in this ex, but this is a thing that white people across the board do. But like, yeah, this expect this, this kind of, it sounds like he has a desire actually to argue with you because he could just leave it. But he needs yeah, it's the important fact that to prove to you. He needs to he prove sent to you, you something that no, these white people in this whole different country, in this whole different context, these, they've been killed too. So what you're saying doesn't matter. That, so he sounds like somebody who don't understand nuance and we're not doing that right now because we're living in quarantino and there's no time for lack of nuance we're not doing that um Mm -hmm. it just sounds like it sounds exhausting it sounds exhausting and maybe just step away you shouldn't have to continue to convince this person that you are a whole person who deals with issues because of your identity like this sounds like it sounds like you've already put in a lot of work and it's over for that it's canceled it's done agree i would yeah i would suggest nah this is not a friend a friend wouldn't insist on telling you you're wrong like even when it comes to like light friendship Mm -hmm. stuff i don't have any friends that will go hard to be like see you wrong like i don't it's just you know like friends even if they don't agree with your life or whatever, they accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. This is whatever. Just taking race out of it just as a friend. 
They're not gonna like go. This is like some frenemy shit. They're not. They're mm. not gonna go yes. hard. Yes. To fucking be like, well, well, look, I proved you. Like that's not what friends do. Mm. I wouldn't do that to a friend where I'm like seeking information. Like mm-hmm. it looks like this person seeked information, got some proof, did some Google, not proof because yeah. it's not actual correct, but in their minds, proof and mm-hmm. did all of this stuff, put together a research packet. <laughs> To hand it over to you as here's evidence as to why you're wrong. Like, a friend doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, think at a certain point, even if people are, if you think they're a good person, because of who we are, whatever our points of marginalization are, wherever our intersections mm-hmm. are, whatever, like, it's okay to drop people who don't understand you or whose labor or who the friendship becomes more labor than it's actually worth like i feel yeah, like there yeah. are people there are people from 10 years ago who i was friends with and love them and consider them my friend but because of my iq when it came to transness or my iq when mm-hmm. it came to to queerness maybe well transness is queerness but I would say further back with like general queerness and 10 years ago with transness or whatever. Like there are people who don't fuck with me because I was not a great friend. Yeah. Not, not in this kind of like overt, I hate you kind of way, which it sounds like your friend doesn't hate you, but he is creating and producing more labor in your life, more energy. Maybe, yeah. maybe he'll get it in five more conversations. Is it worth five more of these conversations of, and your sanity? It's not. Yeah, it's really not. It's not. You don't owe this person the labor for them to then be a better person. I am a better person than I was, you know. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 12 years ago, whatever, due to the labor of my friends and due to the la- my past friends and due to the labor of, um, due to my own labor and research and observing and learning. Yeah. That came at the expense of my friends, their existence, our friendship or whatever. And mm-hmm. I am glad that they ended it when they did, yo. Live your best yeah. life. Drop the mm-hmm. dead weight. Drop the dead weight. And I think that all of us have been dead weight for somebody, somebody. at some point. Yep. Yes. At yep. some point Definitely. in our lives, we yeah. were a bad friend to somebody, whether it be we were a bad friend because of like just general bad friendness, personality stuff, or we were a bad yeah. friend because we further marginalized somebody who was already marginalized because we didn't we couldn't see past our privilege or yeah. some other shit. Or you develop into different people. Yes. You grow into different people. Yes. You- that happens also. Right. You know? So it's not your job. It's not your job to see this particular white friend who is maybe a good person for the most part. It's not your job to see them through this process. You said what you had to say. L- let the next South Indian person do it. This is not your job. You don't. Yeah, it's not. Mm-mm. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. And yeah, yeah. Your mental health isn't worth it. Right. We're not a we're not a we're not opposed to explaining um identity and who we are and stuff to white people or people who don't agree for checks. If you want to do that for money, if you want to do mm-hmm. that for an exchange of something and you're comfortable with that, like that's okay. But this kind of like free labor, this kind of like you're supposed to be having a friendly conversation about whatever and you're being accosted with this fucking debate about whether you matter, that's whack. Nah. Mm-mm. That's really, no. really whack. Mad um, whack. But yeah, I, I, I also wonder 
who are your other friends? Are you in community with other South Indian folks? Are you in community with other non-white people? And I know that it's really hard to do that if you are quarantining. Mm -hmm. Um, It is. But what I I will say is that, because we just talked about kind of this fatigue of having to do all this like virtual shit to build community, build relationships, stay in touch or whatever. Like it can be taxing in instances where like there's a need. Like I felt there was a mm-hmm. need a while back when I was like, yo, I, I, I want to like date somebody. I want to hug somebody. I want to like whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I am dating somebody like right now, whatever. But at the time I was like, let me just start virtual dating. Like, let me just yeah. do that because mm-hmm. that that yeah. will feed this void that I'm having in some way. There could be, um, it could be to your benefit to participate in some of these live IG discussions, panels, mm-hmm. virtual things. Yeah, you mentioned earlier being ghosted. It sounds like from the relationships that you've had and in your life recently, there is some period of like, grieving and loss you've experienced a lot of loss there is it's natural to feel lonely it's natural to feel perhaps like you want to hold on to whatever friendships that you have left Mm -hmm. you don't have to hold on to toxic relationships especially like we know it feels dire like we're in quarantine like what else is there what you know what's left or whatever there are there's still friendships to be had. There's still friendships yeah. to be built. There's still connections mm-hmm. to be made. So I would suggest investing um, some time in building virtual community, in finding virtual community yeah. with people who are not going to challenge your identity or your yeah. value or your existence as mm-hmm. a non-white person. Yeah. And then also maybe the other friends who are non-white, who you enjoy, just lean into them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like, lean into them more. Um, Zoom them, FaceTime them. Like, maybe you just lean into, lean more into the people who make you feel fucking good. (laughs) Like, that's fine. That's okay. That it's like, yeah, just lean more into them. I think that's important. I think that that's one thing that the quarantine has been helpful for is that I reach out to my friends more in ways that I didn't before mm-hmm. because I knew I would probably see them or we could go to brunch or whatever. But now every once in a while, I'll, just, I'll hit someone and like, hey, just checking on you, you know, stuff like right. that. Those people probably exist. So just start leaning into them more, talking to them more. Like be in, the thing that's dope about community and healthy community is that you always leave feeling affirmed because mm-hmm. it's people who fuck with you and love on you and like, see you and shit like that so maybe like lean into those people a little bit more so that you can re-up on feeling like good Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you can probably find healthier friendships because you're you're you've kind of made yourself healthy when it comes to like how you relate to people and how you affirm yourself and your connections and friendships and shit like that you know like i would assume that you don't I'm assuming you're not an island. I'm assuming you have other friends. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you do, you may have community that you might have forgotten or mm-hmm. not have tapped into as much. Just reach to those people because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm assuming that they exist. So right. um, that might be helpful too because the virtual, yes, it's cool, um, but you might get tired of that too. Mm-hmm. But so I'm sure there's people that you know. 
an actual real life that you can like tap into and try to reacquaint and um not reacquaint maybe they are like constant friends but maybe you could figure out ways to be more intimate in those friendships Mm -hmm. that you already have as well you know Mm -hmm. i like it yeah get rid of him and you don't have to make an announcement you could just disappear you could just disappear girl he'd be fine he white fade (laughs) slowly fade away you know like america's next time bottle the picture that i'm holding in my hand (laughs) did it fade no at the end they they showed a picture then at the end the person would fade fade away from that picture yep that was really dramatic so dude it's a guy at my job who loves reenacting that anytime <laughs> since i'm hr anytime i have to let someone go he's like "Ooh, they're fake <laughs> that's funny you know who that is <laughs> i do i knew i did that is funny okay all right well thank you so much and yeah we affirm for you quality healthy friendships yes and yeah yo shiny new friendships maybe some shiny old friendships yo confirm that shit so a few weeks ago on the podcast we revisited a conversation that we had about beyonce's brown skin girl and we talked about the video versus the audio of that song um and Mm -hmm. that was based on a t-mail that somebody had sent to us about their feelings about our feelings about brown skin girl and so they um they listened to that episode and kim has a response to us we'll actually put the link to that episode in our discussion of colorism and brown skin girl in the show notes so you can check that out and queen if you want to read this t-mail from kim Mm -hmm. hey queen and jay thank you so much for addressing my comments about brown skin girl on the last episode to clarify i think the video is beautiful but the presence of girls who aren't quote unquote recognizably black immediately took me aback because of what I thought black is king was supposed to be. My understanding was Beyonce was likening the Lion King to the journey of black American people discovering their connection to Africa. The thought was solidified for me when I saw the black, the black, red and green American flag later in the film. So when I saw girls who many wouldn't assume are phenotypically black, my first reaction was Beyonce was trying to make a black story and a black imagery feel palatable for larger for the larger public. I've seen her do it before, so my brain instantly went there, here. Granted, I agree with you that my scope of what blackness is should not have been that limited, especially knowing the history of African travel prior to the mass slave trade. I also realized this nod to pan-Africanism would have been a lie if she was purposely exclusionary. I really appreciate you challenging my thoughts on this. Much love, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Thanks, Kim. We appreciate your response. And it's dope that you took heed to our thoughts on that and that you were open to the challenge and you appreciate the challenge because some people just don't like being challenged. So that's Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think that's like an ongoing, even though we like to think that all of these things are like static and all of these things like are what they are and are quote unquote black and white or whatever, I think a part of why we have this show is because blackness and conversations about blackness and our identity like... It's constantly shifting. Yeah. Um, and I know there is. are people who would disagree with that statement. It's like, no, it is this or it is that or whatever. But like, blackness is so broad 
And there are so many of us who see it in so many different ways that it is an ever evolving conversation. It is. There are ways that we see blackness in New York that it it hadn't. I mean, before um, the, the, the way that we fuck with the Internet now is totally different than how we fuck with the Internet like. 25 years ago or whatever right but, so yep. like a lot of our understandings of each other's culture and community have come over these past few years of knowing what each other is doing from place to place or whatever yeah. in real time mm-hmm. right in yes. real time um but yeah there's a certain way that blackness goes down in one state that it doesn't go down in another state and vice versa yeah. we talk about the u.s exactly. let alone we start looking at it in a global context so i think yes. that um there. Even shit, even now the ways in which people, different groups of people are understanding and identifying um, with biracial black folks, uh, the ways in which people are interpreting light skinnedness at this current time, like there are conversations being had that weren't being had in this way before some mm-hmm. of that is great yeah. some of it is fucking weird but all this some shit is, is like weird. you know it's ever evolving so I think and then that... blackness is a construct so it's the, yes. like the concept of it is always going to evolve because it is a construct it's a construct it is, and it is, it is based, a law yes it's you a know, construct it's not, not a law and because of um colonialism and these fucks we're not it's not like we're just able to say oh yeah i'm from such and such and that's it and that's where i'm from and that's all Mm -hmm. that matters you know what i'm saying so it's a whole it's a whole thing and um yeah and we appreciate you appreciating us yo thank you again thank you for your letters we appreciate that shit Mm -hmm. so we did a mother fucking show we did did an episode as always you can follow us on social media on twitter and instagram we are at t with qj we are on facebook and tumblr t with queen and j you can check out our website t with queen and j dot com and send us your t-mail to t with queen and j at gmail.com this was a spot of t episode so there mm-hmm. were less segments we do same great episodes, same great content. We just don't have um, any of the segments that maybe you're used to on some of our regular episodes. So we thank you mm-hmm. for listening to that shit. Queen, do we have a hashtag this week? I just made up one in my head. Oh. And it's hashtag over that Rona. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm over this shit. All right. Uh, you know what? I'll allow it. Sure. <laughs> That's cool. over it. I like it. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. And I'm fine. I know that I'm beautiful and I know that I'm a fucking bad bitch and I'm successful and popping and I know I'm healthy. I know I can outrun any of these bitches in any way, every way, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, financial bitch. I'm about to run around your motherfucking bank account. You want to see me run, bitch? <laughs>